that you think is so important, you can just kiss all that goodbye. You still don't understand what you're dealing with, do you? Perfect organism. Thanks for joining us for Perfect Organism, our holiday edition. Um, I'm your host, Jamie, and this is Pete, your co-host. And uh, we are, yeah, we here we are at another episode. It's been a while. Our schedule's a little bit erratic, um, and it will continue to be until the 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 alien covenant machine really starts to uh, kind of leave the train station, which will happen probably in the next couple of months. Um, but we're here to talk about uh, Star Wars a little bit, and we're going to kind of ease into um, the symmetry between Star Wars, the reboot for Star Wars, and Ridley Scott's reboot of Alien Covenant. Some stuff has been going on with that, too. So uh, we have a lot to discuss. It's not going to be compl- a terribly long episode this time around, but that's okay. But um, So, Pete, I'm going to ask you, what, wh- when did you see it? And tell me your thoughts. So I bought my advance tickets to The Force Awakens uh, the first day that they came out, like within five minutes that I heard that uh, you could get them. And I saw it on the 17th at my local cinema at an advanced screening. And there were probably like 15 or 20 people there. So it wasn't too packed, but everybody in that audience was uh, engaged. And they were just going crazy, you know, like rooting and hollering and clapping the whole time. And uh, you, you could tell it was an emotional experience for all of us in the theater. And then the next day, I took my father to go see it. Because he's the one that got me into Star Wars. And he took me to see all the prequels when they came out. Yeah. Um, I know I'm kind of young, but I've, I've seen them all in theaters. And I liked them back then, but they just haven't held up. Um, opinions. Uh, it was fucking great. I would go see it again. I had plans to see it again today, but those fell through. And in my opinion, it ranks uh, equal to The Empire Strikes Back. Wow, that's a ringing endorsement. Now, I would say, uh, I would say, just right off the bat, a general uh, uh, a take on the Force Awakens that it's way better than. Of course, there's no comparison between the, the prequels and the Force Awakens, none whatsoever. Um, however, uh, I would say it's better than the Return of the Jedi. I wouldn't say it's equal to, for myself. Um, we all have different opinions, of course. It would isn't equal to Empire, but I had just as much fun, and it's. There's so much going on in the in the in the film, um, and I you know just um, I loved Kylo Ren. I loved his his character arc. I you know when they took when he took off his mask and you see this you know people expected to see which is funny they they essentially unveiled Kylo Ren months ago in, in um, Entertainment Weekly or Ent- Vanity Fair Weekly I think and Vanity Fair yeah yeah um, but then so he gets unveiled in. Um, in the movie, and people act like they've never seen him before, but probably the larger masses weren't reading those magazines, so for them, it's the first time. And so people, I think, expect this disfigured, hardened um, guy when, in fact, he takes his mask off, and he's this kind of dulcet, raven-haired, alabaster-skin kind of beautiful man. He's actually, uh, he's actually from Indiana. Yeah, he is. He's from Mishawaka. And he's yeah. a former Marine, which is yeah. pretty cool. Um, um, he's got strange looks, but they really, uh, they really, it was an interesting dichotomy where his disfigurement was truly internal. Um, oh, yeah. And so I felt, I really felt for him. I really, 
you know, his moment with his father, you know, and that scene where he says, Han calls out to him and he says, Ben, Ben. Um, and I mean, the whole theory, you could feel him like, what? Oh, you know, I know. That's his name, Ben Solo, you know? Um, I, I really dug on Kylo. I mean, I, 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 you know, the issues I have with the film are, um, they didn't need to blow up another Death Star. Um, Star Killer Base was a Death Star. And I just felt like, too, like, what about all the lives on that planet, you know? Um, I, I would rather have them just disabled the weapon for good somehow than to have the complete planet implode on itself. Um, J.J. had already done that before in uh, in the Star Trek films. I just felt like it was a device that they didn't need to use. I, that said, the characters were so good and there was so much new stuff going on there, I don't really care. It was an awesome movie, you know? I thought it was incredible. Um, I, I really can't wait for it to come out on Blu-ray so I can watch it over and over. Uh, I, lo I love the characters. I thought the special effects were great. Uh, just the entire film was great. Um, yeah, I mean, I've seen it three times like you. I, uh, I saw it Thursday night, and then with my nephew, I took him. And then I saw it Friday afternoon with my sister. Um, and then I went and saw it again Sunday. Um, and I'm oh, wow. itching, itching to go see it again. I'll probably see it three or four times, more times, um, at least. Uh, I, I'm, I'm on Star Wars Burnout a little bit right now, so I have to kind of... <laughs> We'll have to kind of like tamper it down and maybe wait like a week or so and then I'll go and see it again. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I felt like it was a really a return to form. It felt like Star Wars. Han Solo felt like Han Solo. Leia felt like Leia. Um, I wish, you know, like everybody else, I wish Luke was in it more. But I think, I think uh, Episode 8 is going to be better than Episode 7. That's what I think. Yeah, I would, I would wager that as well. Um, I think a lot of the hype surrounding episode seven um, led the producers and the cast and crew to be wary and take less risks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because there was so much at stake. I mean, that's a $4 billion movie right there. If you think about it, like how oh, much Disney sure. paid to get Lucasfilm and everything, that's, yeah. that, it's, we're looking at like $5 billion at the end of yeah. the day. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm giving it a glowing endorsement to those, oh, me too, man. To those me listening. Too. I mean, if if you haven't seen it yet, you're seriously missing out on two and a half hours of some of the best science fiction film ever. Yeah, you got to go uh, see it. Yeah, and I just just the di the dialogue, the 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 characters, Ray. I mean, Kylo Ren's my favorite character because he's so complicated. Um, I think all the characters are a little bit complicated. Um, and I was hoping that Ray was really the star. Really, they kind of marketed the film a little bit to me, especially with that first trailer that came out a year ago, with uh, that John Boyega was the star. I mean, he's the first person you see. He had um, so you kind of think, oh well, he's the star. He's going to be force sensitive, and it, in actuality, it ended up being Ray, and which I kind of knew. Um, and there's kind of some speculation as to who Ray is, which I love. I think she is uh, the brother to Kylo Ren. I, I would I would pay good money to bet to wager that. I think she's, she's uh, Luke's daughter. And I think that's what they want people to think. There's a little bit of misdirection there. Because if she wasn't a Star Wars... I mean, Star Wars, sorry, someone just posted that. If she wasn't a Skywalker, um, they would her unveiling would be no big deal. You know, If she was no one. Oh, yeah, she was just somebody that, that Luke was training. Um, that's not... You don't need to kind of keep that quiet. You don't need to keep that 
like well because uh, jj said uh ray doesn't have a last name in the film intentionally it's yeah. never revealed and that's intentional finn and ray don't have last names intentionally yeah, yeah. and i think ray is actually i think a ray is her pet name i think her real name is kira and I think uh, she is the solos. And I think we're being directed to believe that she's Luke Skywalker's daughter. I don't think Luke would have taken the time. I think he, by the end of Return of the Jedi, he's way too deep into the Force and serious to kind of then court a woman and, and uh, father, sire a child. I, I just don't think that that would, that would happen. Um, but, you know, who knows? I could be dead wrong. Absolutely. Who knows? Who knows? But there was a scene where uh, Han Solo sits, is sitting with Maz Kanata and she goes, who is this girl? And the camera cuts. Um, hmm. And then there's another scene where they're flying into Maz Kanata's onto wherever that her that that planet is. And Ray says, wow, I've never seen this much green before. And Han looks at her almost sad, like, I know, you know. And then the end, uh, well, well, not the end, but towards the end, Leia is hugging Ray, a girl she had never seen before, a uh, girl, she, you know, Ray has no idea who Leia is, and they hug for this long time, but Leia has this ring on her finger, and it's two of the exact same stones, and there's like a uh, an infinity around them. Hmm. Twins. Twins. There are lots of things that we could speculate. Yes. <laughs> I am, I'm so ready to see episode eight. Oh, me too, me too, man. I mean, Rogue One's going to be awesome. I mean, we're going to get Rogue One in less than a year. Um, yeah, be... I mean, they're going to be cranking out these films. We're essentially getting a Star Wars film for the next eight years, every yeah. year. And the great thing, too, about Episode Eight, we're not even waiting two years. We're waiting a year and a half. It will be out May 2017, you know? Yeah, I am very excited. But to segue... Indeed. There is to so the much to discuss about oh, Alien. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um I I think it would be appropriate for us to uh, end 2015 just discussing all sorts of great things in the Alien and Prometheus world. Absolutely. I mean, there's there's been it's been kind of a, a red letter year, I, I suppose. Um, uh, just there's just been so much going on from the announcement of, you know, we knew there was going to be a Prometheus sequel probably after Prometheus. Um, uh, premiered, and then all of a sudden you get Neil Bloomkamp on the scene that he's going to make a film, and then Prometheus, the sequels change to Paradise Lost, which is a title I still love, um, and then it's changed to Alien Covenant, uh, which, and they're really kind of saying that Alien Covenant isn't really a sequel to Prometheus, it's its own thing, um, where Prometheus was kind of like the stage, um, and so Alien's covenant is going to be kind of like the player on that stage um but yeah yeah uh there's been so much that's gone on in the alien universe uh this year alone and it really gets me excited because we have the 30th anniversary of aliens coming up so i'm yep. sure there's going to be a uh some sort of significant announcement closer to that regarding uh alien 5 or 3.2 or whatever you want to call it yeah yeah um, so it, it gives me a lot of hope because, I mean, I grew up watching those films and it's, it's really exciting to see people revisiting old intellectual properties and breathing new life into them. Mm -hmm. And it's nice to see it done right. Like in the case of Star Wars, 
Because there's so much that could have gone wrong in Star Wars, and I'm oh, yeah. so glad that J.J. took the helm and grabbed uh, <laughs> the film by the horns, so to speak, and uh, made made a great, great film. And I'm really hoping that uh, Bloomcamp can brush off his shoulders from the last couple productions he's done. Yeah. And Ridley can uh, square up a little bit and keep his head on straight uh, for the next few years, and we can yeah. get something solid. And surround himself with good people. Um, people who can kind of push back on him and say, hey, I don't think that that's a great idea, or and collaborate. And I think uh, Star Wars is successful now because of collaboration. I think J.J. Abrams is one of the smartest people in Hollywood. And he's not smart because I think he's this genius filmmaker. He isn't really, but he's a smart filmmaker. And he knows, especially with Star Wars, um, and I'll segue this into Ridley Scott, but Star Wars was great because the people who created it were great. Um, when, you know, the original trilogy. And... I think The Force Awakens is awesome because you had people collaborating together saying, hey, if we do this, and bouncing off ideas off each other, saying, oh, I don't know if that might work, but what if we use that and do this? That right. is what made the film great. And I think uh, Ridley Scott really has to do that. He can't, he can't be surrounded by yes-men. Um, but I, there's a different kind of, there's a bit of a hubris with Ridley Scott um, that J.J. Uh, Abrams doesn't have. J.J. Abrams is... Uh, a bit of a humble man, whereas Ridley Scott isn't. Um, at least by his public persona, what we see. Um, so, but I, my gut tells me, and I was just telling this to a couple people the other day. My gut tells me that Alien Covenant is going to knock it out of the park. Um, I just think of the setting to go over it again. What we, you know, what they released. You know, there's a a, a, a colonial ship traveling towards a, a planet. They think it's paradise, and they get there, and the only survivor on the planet is not really a person, it's a robot, and it's David. Um, that setup right there, it's just moody. and Oh, it's just... Uh, it really gets you hyped up for it. It does, it does. Like, And I hope they stay within the mystery, ask questions, don't answer all the questions. Don't set out to answer all these questions. Set out to ask better questions. Um, and, and, and honestly, even though I was vastly disappointed by how many questions Prometheus left unanswered, um, I'm okay if uh, Alien Covenant asks more questions that don't get answers. Oh yeah, me too. Because we're we're in for at least two or three more films. Yeah. And the last one, which I don't know if we'll see in this decade or the next one, is supposedly supposed to be like the back door to Alien, like it leads right up to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think Ridley is kind of getting the George Lucas syndrome here, and that his vision and scope of the worlds that he creates in his head and ultimately on the screen are not things that he can tangibly do within, say, one film or two films or even one trilogy or two trilogies. Yes, and um, Ridley, go ahead. I mean, you just you look at Prometheus, and it's. It takes place, like, what, 30, 40 years before Alien was a thing in that timeline. And it's just hard to see connections. I mean, it's there's DNA of Alien in Prometheus, but it's not vice versa. There's no Prometheus in Alien that I can see. And that's uh, part of the reason why I find it a little disappointing. But I am personally very excited to see where Covenant uh, takes takes the franchise. Yeah, I would agree. And I think uh, 
Ridley Scott, despite probably what he would even say, he has something to prove. Uh, I, his Prometheus was not met with critical acclaim. Um, although I think um, when it released, it was one of, uh, what's his name's, um, the critic, Roger Ebert's last film, and he lauded it. He thought it was great, as did uh, Richard Roper. Um, but uh, from the fan base, which really, for filmmakers and for studios, that's the most important base, the fan base thought, man, you struck out on this one. Um, there were some good things going, but you struck out. So I think Ridley Scott has some things to prove, and I think he knows it. Um, so it's really going to be interesting to see. And, and you know, in just in terms of news, uh, what, some of the pieces of news that we got was that uh, we're going to see all forms of the alien. So you're talking egg, face hugger, chest burster, traditional alien, and then an additional new alien creature. Um, I hope they. Um, I hope there's at least some mention of uh egg morphing me too i i i'm i'm just tired of not hearing anything about it i mean it's it's one of the methods of the xenomorph's life cycle and yeah. it's hardly recognized in any of the canon i mean yeah, you only really see agree. it in uh the director's cut for alien and that's like it yeah i i think it's an it's it's uh uh, uh unmined territory and it's completely mysterious and amazing hold on one second i gotta um let my dog out okay come on more anyways um but yeah and so i i'm curious to see what kind of creature they're going to design um i think the creature design in um prometheus was uh top-notch um, the hammerpede and the big squiddy thing. Oh, the trilobite. Um, yeah, the trilobite. I thought were great. Um, and uh, I, well, what I think part parts of the the creature design is top notch. The engineers were beautifully designed. Uh, we've been over this before. I think the big chat or the um, the deacon was shitty. Um, it looked like an alien in a jumpsuit. I mean, it was shitty, shitty, shitty. They just chose the the, the worst design. Out of all the brilliance that uh, Carlos Fuente designed, they chose that. Um, anyways, um, so I really hope that they go back to uh, the beauty and the kind of feminine terror of the original Alien design and kind of use that to pivot around. Well, one of the um, uh, one of my favorite pieces of the concept art for Prometheus is the Ultramorph, and. Yes. I keep seeing the Ultramorph pop up in a lot of concept art for Covenant and that sort of thing. Like the leaks that people are putting up and putting out there and whatever. I, I keep seeing the Ultramorph and I am honestly hoping that the Ultramorph gets some screen time because it's supposedly uh, an alien birth from a space jockey. Now, I don't associate... Um, space jockeys and engineers with one another and I know, I know that's probably like a bs thing to say but the engineers that i saw in prometheus are not the same thing that was in the chair in mm -hmm. alien that, that's just my take on it and i'm curious to see what links them together but i mean just just the idea of an of a xenomorph as tall as a space jockey and it just as deadly yeah with, with all the uh H.R. Geiger aesthetic to it. Like, ah, oh, that just screams Alien Covenant right there. Yeah. That just screams the new creature that we get to see. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see Ridley Scott 
take back control of the design of the alien. Um, and I'm wondering if he, if, if he will be, um, if he will be employing ADI, um, Amalgamated Dynamics Incorporated, uh, to do the, to do the creature design, or if he's not, if he's going to stay away from them. Um, he did with Prometheus, they weren't involved. Um, and I know Bloomkamp had uh, said on social media that he would be using ADI for his film. Um, but I, I don't know if Ridley Scott is going to do that. But I don't think Ridley Scott needs to. I think he, he has clear enough um, uh, focus that he can get what he wants from the team that he has. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, definitely. We shall indeed see. Um, uh, I, there's a little bit more news, though. And I know this is going to be a little bit of a shorter. we got a few minutes. Um, Catherine Watterson, who is, is going to star in Alien Covenant, um, she uh, is in, was in the film Inherent Vice. I believe it was directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. And she's in that new movie, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, um, the Harry Potter spinoff film. So I don't really know much about her. Uh, she looks a lot like Sigourney Weaver. Um, she's tall. She's got this longer neck. She's got really dark hair. Very striking features like Sigourney Weaver. It's interesting. I wonder if she's going to be related to her in any way. Maybe they're sisters. Um, maybe they're sisters who uh, one went in one direction, one in one another. It'd be interesting if she's a Ripley. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'd, I'd say the Ripley family is something you don't hear too much about. I mean, there's only two official characters in the Ripley family and all the uh, expanded universe lore that I'm aware of. I mean, yeah. you have Amanda and you have Ellen. Yeah. Um, so we'll definitely be in for a treat. Yeah, it would be weird, though, like if, if this is, if she's a Ripley, because I could see the fans saying, especially like some of the people in the Wayland Utani Bulletin, um, being like, man, he couldn't get Ripley in it because she's not the right age. So she, he just made another one. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that would be too easy for him to just, oh, this is Ripley's sister or whatever. Well, on uh, the article that we shared, it says uh, she is in the lead role of Daniels. True, true. So, I mean, she could be like a married relative of, of Ripley, perhaps, yeah. or something. Yeah. She looks yeah. like she could be Ripley, like a younger Ripley. Yeah. Um, and the timeline's going to be well. Actually, I don't know when the t the time is set, and and we'll find this out for sure. I mean, certainly the next few months we're going to start seeing leaks. We're going to start seeing production sketches, and and I mean, they're just think about it right now. They're over in in the UK, I, no, or Australia, and they're building sets for this film right now. Um, yeah, it's, it films in February. Yeah, and that's right around the corner. It certainly is. And it says uh, Jack Paglin and Michael Green are providing the screenplay. Yeah. And Who also worked on the next Blade Runner follow-up, which is interesting. I have not heard about that, but that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. I think it was Paglin who worked on um, the Blade Runner script um, based off a story by Hampton Fancher um, that Harrison Ford said was the best script he ever read. So that's that's some good news. Um so yeah, there's a lot to there's a lot to uh, look forward to. It's uh, Michael Green who's working on that one. Pretty Michael sure. Green, mm -hmm. but didn't he? Isn't he working on Covenant as well? I think. Um, I so. As far as I know. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's a lot more to discuss. Thanks everybody for listening. 
we got to call this. This is a short one to this time around. The next one's going to be long. We're going to have more people. We're going to have a bit of a round table. We've been trying to kind of uh, schedule this. Getting people scheduled for these things is a bitch. Um, yeah, we have so. a lot of uh, uh, fans and friends and family who are international to us. Um, so we're trying to get worldly, I guess you could say. But uh, as Jamie was saying, it is a bitch. We're trying to get people from England, France, and Australia on board. And uh, with our busy work schedules and everything, it's it's kind of hard to uh, get people on board sometimes. That works Including for ourselves. Exactly. Uh, so... But but we do this because we like it, and you guys like what we do, and we appreciate that. And I don't know, I mean, we could take a minute or two to talk about how much we've grown as a show. I mean, I'm blown away, like, every day when I check our, our post reach and everything. Like, whenever I put a picture up or uh, share an article, there's tons of people that yeah. interact on the page and everything. Yeah. And it's just crazy. I mean, we've grown so much this year, and I'm excited to see what 2016 has to bring. Yeah, it has been. It has been a great year. I mean, we our our, our post average the the average viewership for our, uh, our page and our post is around 700. Um, uh, and that's that's great for us. And it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And uh, we have a lot of kind of things in store. Um, things don't you know with these types of things, things don't always work out in the time frame that we want. Um, including our own schedules. Um, it's, we're not Rebel Force Radio, which I'm sure people are familiar with that podcast, and they religiously uh, post um, episodes every week. Uh, things will probably get more uh, structured for us as we get closer to um, when the first trailer comes out and the first images are leaked. There's going to be a lot to discuss. I mean, we'll probably spend a whole episode on the first images, the first set of images that we see from the film, which will probably be out in the next three, two or three months. Um, we'll see so. something by summer. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Oh, wait, before by summer. If they start in February, March, we'll be, we'll see something by March. I oh think. yeah. Um, for sure. But for any, uh, at any rate, thank you everyone again for sticking with us and uh, being patient and being fans. Yes, thank you so much. We appreciate it every day.